guys welcome back to tech to cash today we're going to be talking a bit about um a different sort of topic here i'm going to be a bit specific about side hustles um so we're going to use a side hustle example and kind of break it down um so for those of you who are interested in making side hustles or creating side hustles or have a history of having a side hustle, you you know that things go from, okay, there's the learning curve, let me learn about this side hustle, or maybe it's already something that, you know, was a hobby or topic in your life that you already knew about and you're creating it into a side hustle. So there's always that beginning phase that I feel like for side hustles, it's usually a small, like, short um, beginning phase for the startup process, and then you just start rolling with it, right? Um, So once you start with your side hustle, um, and you start actually, like, doing whatever it is that the work looks like, um, and then you start making sales, whatever that looks like, um... And you start making profits, whatever that looks like. Um, so I would say if you think about the side hustle of um, of iPhones, right? So there's a side hustle probably not even three years, but I want to say two years ago, of iPhone 6. I think it was iPhone 6 screen, like the phone screen repairs. That was a side hustle, guys. Um, That was a whole full-on side hustle. And how that would work was you could basically buy the iPhone screens for maybe 15, 20 bucks. And you could, or the batteries. I think it was phone screen repairs or battery replacements, right? So you could either buy the screens or buy the batteries and then charge somebody to fix it on the spot, right? So say if a battery was $20 and a screen was $15 and you could charge easily $30, $40, $50 for the repair if someone came to you on the spot. But it depends how nervous of a person you might be um, doing something on the spot and working with these tiny tools and these tiny little components, especially the little screws and like you don't want to mess something up, right, um, on somebody's phone. And so... You know, I think that's why um, there was also this other side hustle of uh, buying used iPhones um, with a broken screen um, or ones that had a dud battery um, that to someone it was obsolete because there were newer versions of the iPhone, but the 6 was still something you could actually sell for like 120 hundred fifty dollars um that's how much they were going for at that time used um in good condition with like say with a charger um with a good battery good screen you could use the fingerprint login you could um it 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 had a good imei it wasn't stolen and it wasn't logged into iCloud so you could actually set up your own new cheaper used iphone 
for 120 to 150 or so dollars, but you could buy these iPhones with a broken screen or with a battery that didn't charge and all this kind of stuff. You could buy them off of people for like 40 bucks, 60 bucks, $25, and people would, would sell them to you on Craigslist or OfferUp because they wanted the cash, right? And so basically that was an advantage was that there were people who near rent time, you know, would rather get rid of that old iPhone that they were no longer using, um, that they knew they could sell for like 40 bucks on the spot, 50 bucks on the spot. That's worth leaving your house, going to a location, meeting a person who's going to examine your phone, make sure it's something they want to buy, getting cash on the spot. Um, and I would make them sign this bill of sale, um, just verifying that they didn't steal it and putting the phone number, the IMEI um, information. I had my own policy where I would check, you know, to make sure everything worked. So I would plug it in in my car. I would make sure the Wi-Fi worked, make sure the Internet worked, make sure make sure iCloud wasn't plugged in, make sure the IMEI on, listed that was um, written on the on the back of the iPhone um make sure it matched the one that was actually showing up in the system. I'd have to be able to navigate using the screen. So I would buy them with broken screens or that wouldn't hold the charge. Um, but they had to be charged enough for me to do all of this inspection. Cause you know, and then, um, I think there was a time where I also would, um, um, what do you call it? I don't know what it's called anymore. I forgot the, the name, but you would look at the chip, um, the S that the SIM card and, um, you would basically make it so it was, um, open to all carriers. So say if the phone was AT&T or Verizon, you could do something to it to make it so it could be open to all carriers. So I had a chip that you could use to do that reset process and so basically it was available for more customers because they didn't have to think about, oh, I'm just going to take my old SIM card, put it into this new one. But it would have to be Sprint or it would have to be AT&T. It would have to match their old plan um, or else, you know, they couldn't really use the phone. And so if you open it to all carriers, now it's available. Um, and so what we saw with that type of side hustle was from that simple sort of skill that you could learn it wasn't a hard skill all you had to learn how to do was take out some screws and remove a screen or take out some screws to remove the battery and um you know the battery just had a little sticky tape like adhesive kind of glue tape type stuff on the on that would stick to the bottom of the case and you could just heat that up with like even a I think I used a hair dryer before, um, or even like a, a space heater, you know, you don't want to like damage anything, but just a little bit of heat, they could like, you could peel it off and then you could stick on the new battery, stick on a new, um, stick on a new screen with no cracks on it that worked. And basically you had, you had a whole working product that went from someone only thinking it was worth like 25 to 40 dollars to now you could sell this thing for up to maybe 150 bucks um even in cash you know on the spot 
within the same day or the, by the next day and they were hot items you would you would post it and people people who were still using the iPhone 6 were like oh thank god I can get a new iPhone today now you know after stores have closed after Best Buy is done and it's not a brand new one and it's affordable um so you could do you know it, doing stuff like that was easy it was an easy side hustle that you would actually make you know nearly a hundred dollars or so 110 to like eighty dollars to 110 dollar profit um almost within 24 hours um and all you really had to do was make one sale um and you could do this like twice after work twice a week and that's already $200, you know, in over a month, that's already, you know, if you make 200 bucks a week and then times four, you know, that's already, that's already $800, you know, in a month extra just from making two sales a week. And it wasn't that much effort, you know, it would take, if you were really taking your time, it could take you maybe like an hour, um, to take, the phone apart you know so it's almost if you count the amount of time it took you to pick up the phone the amount of time to you know um change out the non-working things to change out the working things uh to, to like the working parts and then um you can even still sell those old parts I mean honestly um you could even sell the phone you could even resell that phone like it, it like there was a lot of value in that you know um for people to be able to get it on the spot um and so that's what i noticed was that you know the side hustle game is really good but the problem is once everybody jumps on that bandwagon it gets saturated real quick and if it's something like an iphone i mean iphone 6 i don't think you can even sell them um it's late june now 2020 i don't think you can even sell them for 50 bucks um i don't know i mean i'm i'm using one at this very moment but i don't think you can even sell it for 50 bucks honestly like i tried um and it's a good phone it works it still updates it's you know the the um the fingerprint touch login still works camera works microphone works speakers work all the jacks work charging works batteries I, I switched out this battery so I have a newer battery since you know the battery's like four months old or so um and and it's on a warranty and I I still don't think I could sell this thing for 50 bucks so um, I like it because it's small, fits in my pocket, and I can record stuff on it on the fly. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about that. So we, we were just talking about, you know, just how there's the whole side hustle game. And you can find a market, and that market gets saturated. Even if the skill is easy, you know, what I noticed after a while was I was selling items to people who were actually doing the same side hustle. And once I noticed that, I, like, the customers were no longer people who needed the iPhones, but they were actually iPhone sellers who were buying my iPhones. So, it, you know, of course, they wanted more money for them. Um which means I was going to make less of a profit too. Um, 
you know, um, they were no longer, you know, I could no longer hand somebody $40. It was now $80, you know, and the profit went down to maybe 20 bucks. And then I had to think, you know, is it worth 20 bucks to be waiting outside of a, you know, outside of a 7-Eleven parking lot for somebody to come purchase this phone for me and they're 30 minutes late and I'm trying to go eat dinner and then they come up and then they might not have all the cash and it's like this whole thing where it's like you know got to a point where it was like once you're in the $20 you know sales um for your profit then it's like people actually kind of stop caring too um so I kind of had to let it go because it was like you know the profit wasn't worth you know, all that effort, I was like, screw it, you can keep your $20, you know, and now it's at a point where I can't even really sell the thing, um, no one's buying them, so, uh, and that was, that was quick, I mean, it happened within, like, a couple years, and I jumped on it late, too, I think, um, but yeah, that's one thing about side hustles, is that once the market saturates, um, if you don't keep up, it's going to be hard. Um, and then, you know, I think, um, you know, companies like Apple and different companies, they start taking note of, Hey, other people can resell these products. So they start making other aspects of their products that make it maybe either easier to sell it or harder to sell it. Um, I feel like they make it harder in a lot of ways. I can't think of any specific examples right now, but I think, um, I feel like older phones were easier to buy used and newer stuff is harder to buy used um, just because, you know, it's so complex and there's so many like things that you have to check to make sure that it's working. And and because things now seem to become obsolete so quickly that by the time, you know, I actually get the energy and time to learn about it, it's gone. You know, like it's like that market has passed. Um, those opportunities have passed. Um but what I wanted to talk about when you're looking at side hustles, um, one thing to, to really take into account is what you see around that side hustle market. So let me break that down because that's what I really want to talk about is the side hustle and the side hustle market that comes with it. So with the buying and reselling of used iPhones came other side little like spawns of like that main market of the reselling iPhone 6 you'd have people who were buying and selling batteries you'd have people who were buying and selling screens you'd have people who were selling courses about how to sell the iPhones selling courses about how to fix the iPhones selling courses about how to do the side hustle selling courses about, you know, and making YouTube channels and videos, and it was their whole niche around um, the iPhone side hustle, right? And I'm not sure what's, if those people are still making the profits they were making, they've probably had to change a lot of their tactics and strategies. Um, I don't know why tactics, man, tactics sounds like it's so manipulative. Um, I'm going to have to look into that, into that term. But I like to use the word strategies more and, you know, I don't know, maybe it's just me. But yeah, like, don't only look at the side hustle you're doing 
I mean, I'm not saying spread yourself thin and do everything. You, you, you know, it's going to be hard to be a jack of all trades, but look at all the spawned off little extra niches, sub niches that, that come from a main hub. You know, you want to see those little, those little like sub, you know, niches that come off of that because those might be something more interesting to you. They might be more lucrative. They might be more worth your time. Maybe you don't want to fix iPhones anymore. It's a, it's a hassle. It's a pain with the little screws and like, it's a hassle trying to check somebody's whole phone. You know, if you're selling just the screens and the batteries, you don't have to do all that. It's just a screen and a battery. You buy it, you resell it, right? You can buy it fake, not fake. Well, fake you can buy it cheap off of those chinese sites buy a whole bunch of them in bulk for cheap and then sell them to the people who are buying them for 15 20 dollars to do the repairs and you're you're going to make a lot of profit off of that it's less work maybe more time waiting for the products to be shipped to you but it's less work um, because you're not repairing anything um, if you're selling a course, you can sell it for a whole lot more money. So you have to, you don't have to make as many sales. If you're mentoring somebody on how to make sales and how to become profitable, um, you basically have like a, a, a student almost for a while who's paying you. So you're making, you're generating income, you know, them being able to make money, um, is um, dependent on you being able to teach them. And if they're not making profit, they're likely not going to keep paying you. So you're motivated to help them make their profit, but you do have an income that then is generated that is um, consistent. It's more consistent. So if you have maybe one student you talk to on a Sunday, every Sunday for you know, eight Sundays for two months. And then you have one student you talk to once a week on Saturdays for the same amount of time, you know, um, you know, that's already how like two, two sessions a week. And if you charge like $200 a session, you know, if they're making more than $200 a week and you're charging $200 a week, you know, that's already 400 extra dollars from two students where you only really have to spend like an hour with them, you know, um, and depending on what what kind of market you're working with, if it's not like this, like depending what kind of side hustle your 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 mentee might have, um, it might not be one of those side hustles that changes too quickly um, or it might be. But, you know, the thing is your business that you're making off of teaching might change when the market changes. You know, you might not get as many students. You might not be able to charge as high for those students if they're not going to make significant, you know, bucks coming back into their pocket. They're not maybe maybe them paying you $200 is too much money then, you know, or maybe, you know, if you sell a course, you know, maybe you can sell a course for like $600, $1,000, and somebody buys the whole package you only maybe if you only want to sell one of them a month you're really only putting your energy into marketing this course you know and getting like 
feedback on people who have purchased the course or, you know, if you've given out free trials, getting feedback from people who are like, you know, you might as well invest in the course, whatever that may look like, right? Like you want to, you want to make sure that, you know, you're giving the value, um, but, you know, um, looking at the side hustles, you really want to look at those sub niches too to see, you know, maybe if you're the, the part of the niche that you're in becomes too saturated, maybe it's, um, maybe it's time to move on. Or once you've learned how to fix the iPhones, for example, maybe you can branch off and go over to, you know, like being a mentor because you now know how to do it you know all you'd really have to do is write maybe one manual or workbook with some worksheets and some printouts and some you know you you make it nice you know make some make some tracking like some tracking you know spreadsheets to send out to people who you know want to track their spending and show them how to use the spreadsheet show them how to like use their own money and like reinvest in their own um side hustle um show them kind of the steps to take and make it like a short course and you know or you know make it so that there's a start and an end so that once they've learned it all maybe they don't max out with your edge with what you have to educate them on maybe you don't have to learn everything and keep learning maybe the same tactic will work for every student or every mentee um for uh, for but what I'm trying to say is that with side hustles a lot of these things are time limited and so it it really helps to know about the um to know about the the other um side side hustles related to your main hustle you really want to learn about the sub niches too because if you learn about those um you're going to be like able to maybe like navigate a little bit more flex with a little bit more flexibility in the market cuz you do still know it and maybe you don't want to completely get out of the market but maybe you want to like tailor more towards teaching once you've been doing the sales for a while let me teach you how to do what I was doing and you can charge more money you know for that or you know you can build a, you know, you can build an audience around that, build an audience around it. So um, that that would be definitely what I'd recommend. And in addition to looking at those other side hustles, um, those sub um, niches, I would say brainstorming is important. So you wanna you wanna not only look at what they've done, other people have done with their courses, with their tactics, with their you know um, presentation of uh, of the information. You wanna add something definitely valuable that you've noticed that you're not seeing other people promoting or other people saying or other people mentioning give a nugget give more than a nugget you know give things away for free people notice when they're getting shoveled around and they will stop engaging with your content if they notice hey I watched a video it had no value that I could use I watched the second video 
it had some value, but it didn't yield results. And then I watched the third video and then I bought a course and the course had zero valuable information, even though I used it, as they said, you know, for weeks, you know, or, you know, I mean, you guys, I have come across courses. I've come across courses that, you know, they promise you that they're going to get you to like a certain stage of income. But, um, geez, they have like these videos that you have to watch, which are great. But the initial videos are just pumping you up. I don't know how many pump up videos there were. There were like five or six videos about how to motivate yourself and it's like okay but then it also wouldn't let you skip to like another module until you finished those and within a week so I think it made you wait like a week till you could go to the next section I'm I'm just gonna say guys if you if you want to buy a course um I don't know man review the course you know look look at reviews on the course um, if you come across a course that sucks and it's in your niche, you point it out, make a video on it, say something, you know, so other people aren't buying that stuff, you know, paying $100 a month and in four weeks, you know, you're not even taught even one skill because they're too busy trying to pump you up about you have this good idea and it's like more like motivational speeches you know, you want some content that you can actually use and follow a step or at least follow a thought process, you know, that you can actually implement and see different results. Um, you don't want to be getting like shoved around, you know, pay attention to how much time you spend learning um, through a course or learning about a niche and learning about, you know, making those those sales and how much income you get from it right um did you learn something that you use that hey now this is something I can use that every time I use that skill or that technique I get more income or is it just like a good thought like it it sounds nice and it feels good to listen to it but at the end of the day, at the end of four days, at the end of 30 days, I've still got nothing to show for it but a bunch of information in my mind and no money, right? Because um, let's be real. I mean, some of us have to make a living, you know, and we're trying to, you know, do legal work, you know, legal jobs where you have more flexibility and more... um funds to do what you need. Maybe you're trying to pay off some bills. Maybe you're trying to save for a trip. Maybe you have a goal that you have in mind um, of what you want to do, but keep track of the way that you're going about it and keep track of what works and keep track of what's not working. If you're doing something for multiple weeks and it's not working and you would define what working means for you, like if that's like building an audience or making more money, generating a certain amount of revenue. If it's not working for you, try something else or maybe just maybe that side hustle might not be the one for you. But, you know, it can help to find side hustles that you actually care about 
So for me, for example, I'm not going to be selling makeup. I don't know anything about it. I have to go out of my way to learn so much and I don't care about it. It doesn't, you know, bring any value to my life. I don't need it. You know, the only time I've used it is if I'm in somebody else's wedding and they make me wear it or maybe Halloween. So, you know, for me that, you know, no, it's not something I I even keep up with. So for me, that would be the most pointless one. And I'm not saying that there's not money in it because there's definitely a lot of money in makeup and, you know, cosmetics and things like that. People care about that kind of stuff. A lot of people care about that kind of stuff. I don't care about that kind of stuff. I care about tech stuff. So to me, it makes more sense to go into something tech related, something that I use often, something that I know often that I'm not going to have to, you know, climb that learning curve and spend my time doing that part for a long time first and then learning about it and then doing the whole trial and error part, you know, like Sometimes there's just stuff I know about that I can just be like, oh, I could just do this and sell this and I don't have to think too much extra about it. Sometimes those are the best things to start going into just because it keeps the momentum going. Um, so, yeah, I would say, you know, you know, definitely the brainstorming helps, you know, it helps to sit, reflect, brainstorm, but don't do so much brainstorming that you're not putting in the work. And that's one thing, I mean, I, I, I'll probably keep stressing this so often that sometimes it feels like you're putting in work, but it's not. It's daydreaming about it and thinking about it and, you know, looking online, searching about it. And yeah, all these aspects are important. It's going to be important to learn. I'm not saying ignore all that stuff, but if you notice that after a month or after a few weeks or after however long you're putting in all this energy and effort and time or even money and you're not getting a profit, then you might need to change something up because, you know, sometimes, you know, we trick ourselves into thinking like I'm putting in all this effort, I'm putting in all this work. Um, and you are, you know, it is a form of effort. It is a form of work. But, you know, you're going to get sick of it quick if you're not making any money from it. Um, and, you know, it's not that it doesn't have value because it will definitely add value. You know, it's going to add value to have all these um, extra, um, you know, foundational pieces, you know, that, you know, you don't get that from, you know, um, hitting the pavement and, going and doing sales at a swap meet and sales at a, you know, off of your offer up app and sales like that, you know, you don't, you don't necessarily, um, you don't necessarily get the same, you know, like foundation from that. Like, yeah, you're making sales left and right, but it's all depending on your own ads that you post on Craigslist or OfferUp or whatever it is, uh, you know, eBay, whatever platforms you're using. Um, but there's no like audience behind it. There's no engagement behind it. You only have that customer in front of you at that time. And once the sale is over, once you've sold the item, usually that's the end of the engagement, right? Um, so you want to take that into account too. And I do think it's good to balance them. You know, it's good to balance, you know, the foundational stuff and the sales aspect or the foundation versus the, versus the result. Um, but yeah, I would say, you know, side hustles are good, you know, um, 
They're a good thing to consider. They're a good thing to look into. Again, they can be a little bit challenging. The markets do get saturated. And once you notice that, you know, you want to find out where you have some wiggle room and flexibility to kind of change up your strategy sometimes or consider it or even play with it, you know, like play with making a course, you know, play with play with it, Uh, play with the idea of, you know, marketing a course or doing something that you actually know that you've generated, you know, results from. If you've made results and you have an audience that will listen to you, you have potential buyers, you have people who can, who, who are potential students. Um, so those kind of things, you know, it's good to, it's good to take into account. I would say, um, you know, definitely the reflective piece, that's important, you know, reflecting on your day, reflecting on, okay, I put in these two hours, what happened and where am I going? Um, even making a whole plan for yourself. I mentioned this before, you know, I used to have a an earning schedule. So what that meant was how much time am I going to spend posting ads versus how much time am I going to spend actually doing the work of the sales. So I think what I used to do was um, I would wake up before work because I always woke up early anyways. And I was like, well, I have all this energy and it's 530 in the morning. And I would tell myself, oh, I like to work out. I want to work out. I want to work out in the morning before work. But I found myself never doing it. So I was like, well, if I'm just going to be sitting here, but I'm online anyways, I might as well just start posting stuff that I'm going to sell. Right. And then so that gave people the whole morning from 530 on to see if they wanted to purchase something. And then I check it during lunch and I check it again during like by five o'clock and usually the time that I was making the the sales would be between six and like maybe 645 and so I'd post that in my links okay I can I'm available for pickup or drop off at these at these times on these days and I, I would just post certain days of the week and then buy certain days of the week and sell certain days of the week and that was my earning schedule and I would decide how much money I wanted to make and how much Effort, how much time I want, I would have to put into it to make that amount of money. And, you know, when you're doing stuff by foot, you can have one pickup drop off location. And I never re- recommend people coming to your house. Um, I mean, during COVID-19, it's hard because you don't have like an open Starbucks with Wi-Fi. You don't have like an open McDonald's with Wi-Fi. These are common places where you could just go and hook up your laptop and hook up your devices and just sit there for a while. And people can just come and you would basically run a little a little shop for like an hour, hour and a half every, you know, maybe twice a week and make like three, four five sales and like, you know, maybe buy your dinner there, you know, eat a little bagel or sandwich and, you know, you can jam to your music and everything. And, um, you know, I wouldn't say you could do that for like years, but you can do it for a couple months and no one's really going to think twice about it. And especially if you buy something when you're at the Starbucks or whatever, like they'll usually just leave you alone because you're not causing any kind of chaos. Um, but yeah, there's that, um, I mean, that's one way to look at it, really, is, you know, really just trying to pay attention, pay close attention to to what you do and what works, what doesn't work. Um, And you would you you'll be better off that way, I think, really, if you're 
if you're, you know, focusing on things the way you want to focus on them. Some people are really into learning and aren't comfortable putting in putting out anything that's going to yield results if they don't know the whole background. I understand that. And some people aren't comfortable with all the learning and techie type stuff and they're like, I just want the cash in my pocket. Teach me how to post on OfferUp and let's go. You know, um, so those those would be some of the things I could mention that I would say are, are the most helpful when it comes to the side hustles, the niches, and, you know, um, when it comes to, you know, making your own revenue off of a side hustle, you want to be flexible. Um, you don't want to be necessarily stuck in, you know, you know, if I was stuck there swapping out, you know, iPhone screens and batteries still with the six, I mean, how hard would I be trying to struggle right now selling iPhone sixes, trying to get a hundred dollar profit when they're not even selling for a hundred dollars? I mean, it's just not going to be possible. So, you know, it is wise to know how to change and just knowing if you're working in certain um, certain niches that are in certain categories like tech or finance or whatever it may be, those things change. Some things change, you know, some things change quickly within a year, you know, iPhone, they keep coming out with iPhones, right? They keep coming out with PCs. They keep coming out with MacBooks. They keep coming out with different cars. They keep coming out with different stuff. But a lot of these different skills are still going to cross over. If you think about your skills with marketing, you think about your skills with sales, you think about your skills with, you know, um, using those QR codes every time you you have someone who purchases something or giving them a freebie or giving them uh, something, you know, um, some sort of uh, thing that they might engage with you. Um, let's see, like there was an idea that I had too, when it comes to, um, side hustles, when you're making sales face to face, something that I think is pretty cool is, um, you can link your website, you can link your social media page, you can link your Shopify page with a QR code. And if you're buying face to face, you can have people, you can tell people like, Hey, if you, if you here, you know, here's a freebie. And if you scan the QR code that's on the on the bag of the freebie, you know, you get a you get a um uh you know, you get the website or um you get like a free something, give away something free or say, hey, if you scan this QR code um for for you know more products, you know, um it just gives you the website link and then you know, you'll, I'll get you, I'll give you a free sticker or something, you know, um, with your purchase, if you scan this thing, and now you have a member of an audience, you know, now you have a potential customer, don't spam them, you know, give them, you know, the thing that they're supposed to be scanning into, hopefully is going to add valuable information for them, um, create a community, create, um, an interest level and an engagement level that you wouldn't have had at all before. So there are some benefits to doing things by foot if you have something kind of set up in place. And again, sometimes simple works best. Simple as in good quality, but simple.
There's a difference between good quality and simple versus something that's not done. Um, I think we all remember back in the day when websites used to be put up and it would be like website in progress. And it's like, dude, this is the one website that I actually want to read and it's not even up and it wouldn't be up for like months, you know, and you're just like, okay, well, you just stop paying attention, right? Versus if that person would have just shown you like a shown you like a, a Facebook page that was already active, at least you could have engaged then. And then when their website launches, they could just post their website to their to their Facebook channel for all the people to to see. So I don't know. Um, hopefully this is helpful though. I mean, I I, I like to put out um, content related to things that that I'm really passionate about things that I've actually done things that I've seen and heard and witnessed with my own eyes, my own hands, you know, with my own brain. Um, for those of you who have never been in the side hustle realm, um, you might, you might not know much about this, but for people who have been in the side hustle realm, you'll know, you notice that things change pretty quickly. Um, it does, you know, work to your advantage to know what to do if things are going to change because they likely will depending on what your interests are, but there are a lot of things that change, right? So, um, yeah, so I hope that was helpful. Hopefully you can implement some of these tips and tricks into your own um, strategies. And um, I'm going to keep posting some more stuff for you guys to um, think about. And to uh, I just really hope it resonates with you guys because, you know, we're all out here. Um, this this uh, podcast channel, um, tech tech to cash, you know. I'm really trying to focus on, you know, when you're using tech and you're doing some form of techie thing, how's the cash side of it going to look if you're trying to generate um, revenue? Um, is it possible? Yes. Um, but are there flaws that come up easily? Yes. Um, I'm trying to point out some of those things in a way that helps people to move forward and not get stuck and not get demotivated and not think, hey, this stuff doesn't work. So, um... Yeah, so we're going to talk some more about that, and um, yeah, thanks so much for listening, you guys. I appreciate you engaging with this content, and hopefully it's really helpful. If you have questions, run them by me. If you have comments, run them by me, and uh, hopefully you're looking forward to the next episode as much as I am. All right, guys, stay safe out there, and uh, thanks for listening.